Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 9.30 in 716. The New York Child Victims Act filing window opens. There'll be plenty of money paid out. There's no doubt about it. We usually take about 6 to 12 months to investigate these cases. Um, and it's really hard for these survivors to, you know, be up front and talk to us. Oh, this could be a matter of years. Um, litigation moves slowly and surely. Are you expecting the Buffalo Diocese to declare bankruptcy? Um, that's up to them. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. Wednesday will indeed be a monumental day as thousands of claims alleging sexual abuse will be filed across New York State, in many cases against the Catholic Church, but also against schools, the Boy Scouts, and other institutions. The wave of suits stemming from the New York legislation passed February 14th that expands the filing parameters for sexual abuse, and that filing window opens six months after passage, which is August 14th. You know, right now you have such a backlog on civil cases that if you had an accident case, you were lucky to get into uh, a court and a trial time and so on within a couple of years. Multiple legal voices on all of this, beginning with WBEN legal contributor Paul Cambria. So you can imagine what this is going to be like. I wouldn't be surprised if some extra judges are appointed, um, you know, like we had to do with drug cases years ago. They took court of claims judges and, uh, you know, made them regular criminal judges we had a number of those uh, uh, starting many years ago. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. Uh, but there's going to be an awful lot of cases. Uh, how soon is it a case-by-case basis necessarily that these will be resolved? I mean, will the backlog result in some people kind of having this waiting period to have their case heard that might go past one year? Well, I think that, you know, it's going to depend upon the lawyers who are defending um, and uh, how, uh, if they think a case is a bad one from their standpoint, then they have an incentive to settle that case. And so it seems to me that the cases that are open and shut as far as uh, liability are concerned will be the ones that would get settled first. Uh, the other ones that may be iffy, you know, uh, they'll be the ones that will take some time. This is civil action that we're talking about. What is the standard of proof in cases that, you know, in many cases they're decades and decades old when, you know, the perpetrator is dead? Yeah. Well, the standard is, um, you know, by a preponderance of evidence, which means uh, 51%, if you will, just tip the scale. Uh, It's not like a criminal case, which is beyond a reasonable doubt, and that's a much higher burden. Uh, so it'd be uh, just uh, just enough to tip the scale in your favor. That's a preponderance of evidence. So that's the civil standard. Let's say it's a school that's named in a suit. What happens there? I mean, a school district can't declare bankruptcy. No. Well, that's the thing. Municipalities are not exempt 
from these uh, from these lawsuits. In fact, uh, the amendment allows for uh, uh, kind of a spread, if you will, of liability to institutions and to other individuals who may have been negligent in allowing it to happen. And so it's increased the, uh, the exposure, if you will, for institutions uh, and individuals if they were negligent and allowing a, another person to perpetrate the offense. So it even opens up and makes wider the amount of exposure of institutions. Uh, and, you know, and a municipality isn't, isn't necessarily going to go uh, bankrupt. Uh, so there'll be plenty of money paid out. There's no doubt about it. We've talked with multiple attorneys and firms involved in filing all of these suits. You can't really rush them into doing anything. Um, Jonathan Sedge with Whites and Luxembourg. They have thousands of cases across New York State in the wings. We've been speaking to these survivors for the past six months to one year, actually. And when they're ready to have their case brought into the court system, that's when we'll do it. We're not trying to push anybody. We're not trying to force anybody to file lawsuits. It's really up to them when they're ready. These cases, are they all in western New York? No. These cases are spread out across the state of New York, but we currently represent over 200 people um, between the Buffalo, Rochester, and Finger Lakes area. Did you uh, receive a flood of calls as soon as this Child Victims Act was passed, and how long does it typically take for, you know, between when you receive that call and when you're ready to file a claim? Um, we, we probably, once the law was passed on um, February 14th, um, August, uh, February 14th, 2019, there was a lot of press involved, and um, we were very happy at how the legislators handled this with um, their marketing and letting people know that the new law is in effect. Um, we did get many calls. Um, we've received many calls from other lawyers across the country that know of our expertise and handling of these types of cases. And regarding your second point, we, we usually take about six to 12 months to investigate these cases. Um, and it's really hard for these survivors to, you know, be up front and talk to us on, on their first conversation. And we need to check the facts. We need to make sure that everything they're telling us is and correct, obviously. And once we check all those boxes and our survivors are ready to bring their cases into the court system, that's when we do it. Is it possible to put a percentage on the number of local cases that you're working on that, that name the Buffalo Diocese? Um, not currently, but it, it, it is a decent percentage, probably about 10 to 15 percent of that to say currently, and that number may grow. You talked about kind of uh, looking into these cases. It's tough for victims to explain everything to you on the first meeting. It also has to be tough to uh, look into something that might have happened, uh, you know, decades and decades in the past. That's correct. And typically it takes a a survivor of child sex abuse um, to reach, I think the science shows, up until they're 52 years old, until they're ready to actually speak to somebody openly about this outside of their immediate family or a doctor. But in these instances, we found that a lot of these survivors have already spoken to family members or doctors, but we're never really ready to bring it out into the open. And it's amazing how much detail they remember about such scary um, situations that they were in as children. When it comes to the Catholic Diocese, were some of your clients 
offered settlements from the diocese, but turned it down so that they could pursue this option? Um, some of them were. Um, some of them also accepted settlements in the past, and we're, we're going to do our best to try and bring justice um, civilly um, in another manner, given these new laws. And the, the survivors that did not take settlements in that early round um, are definitely going to seek justice this time. Are you expecting the Buffalo Diocese to declare bankruptcy? Um, that's up to them and their insurance companies. We don't know how they're going to handle that yet. Um, I've seen uh, a lot of press, and I know, Brian and Susan, you've both have done great coverage on this issue, and we thank you for your help and support to help these survivors come out and speak on their behalf. But it's, it's, it is an issue, and we hope that they don't go hide behind some bankruptcy laws that will hold back these victims from being compensated for um, the abuse that they received. If they did do that, if they did declare bankruptcy, how would that impact you and uh, your clients? Um, We would have to go see the the bankruptcy law specifically with regards to these insurance companies, but we believe that there are going to be assets for us to go after, and we believe that we will not give up and we will not just hide behind their bankruptcy filings in order to walk away from these lawsuits. For the Diocese of Buffalo, a wall of suits is expected and the financial ramifications will be substantial, potentially devastating. Well, I think before a bankruptcy is even considered, I think the Diocese of Buffalo is going to be, through their lawyers, raising constitutional defenses which have to be tested in the courts as to due process. Attorney Mitchell Garabedian has been a constant voice and advocate of alleged victims seeking justice. And then I believe the Diocese of Buffalo will be negotiating with their insurance carriers for insurance coverage. Um, and so I think it's a long road that has to be gone down. Um, before bankruptcy is even uh, seriously considered, I think the Diocese of Buffalo will raise the issue in order to gain uh, public sympathy, but I don't think it's on the table right now. How long of a road are we looking at as far as possible settlements uh, with victims, possible settlements with the diocese and its insurance company? Oh, this could be a matter of years. Um, Litigation moves slowly and surely, and there are going to be many, many cases filed, and I I believe it's going to take, it's a long process and difficult process and a complicated process. Down the road a few years from now, if the diocese at any point does declare bankruptcy, what could that mean for the victims and potential judgments and settlements? Well, bankruptcy is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. uh, Filing a bankruptcy will allow the parishioners to still have their church and it will sort out the amount of coverage and the assets that the diocese has so that victims can gain some sort of validation through financial remuneration. It's not the worst thing in the world. What are you telling your clients about uh, any possible bankruptcy in any diocese uh, uh, wherever they're filing suit? Well, it's an emotional coaster ride for any uh, survivor or victim of clergy sexual abuse. And I think that that each and every victim has to has to realize that it's going to be a long process. And as I mentioned earlier, the diocese may be talking about bankruptcy, but not be serious about it. The diocese will be um, dealing with its own insurance com- companies for coverage, and the diocese has assets to cover these claims in, in many instances. So I think it's going to be a long, 
complicated road. Complete coverage Wednesday morning, including an in-studio roundtable discussion as that filing window opens. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.